Welcome to the Burnt Creator Podcast, a resting place for creators who want to overcome and prevent burnout while gaining valuable insights on how to cultivate peace, clarity, and wealth in their lives. I'm your host, Ashley Warren, and I'm so honored to connect with you. This is a community for anyone and everyone with a desire to bring something meaningful into existence. Join us as we explore our deepest selves and our truest potential. All right, guys, today is so special. I have a new Instagram friend with me. Uh, We're sitting down with Michelle Goodlow, an incredible licensed social worker who has spent over a decade helping people prioritize their needs, breaking down barriers like perfectionism, overachievement, people-pleasing, and scarcity mindsets, which we all need as creators. And I'm so just taken with her as a human being and really excited for her to speak with us today about the things that she's worked on, her signature services, and how she really aims to guide people towards a more balanced life that's stress-free, stress less stressful, rather, and most importantly, free from burnout. And uh, I really resonated with everything that she shares online, so I'm really excited to talk to her today and hear the strategies that she can help our community implement to make our lives better. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Could you just tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into what you do, how you brought that to Instagram, and how you know being a psychotherapist really helped you understand like you want to help people prevent burnout? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you for finding me and for all your <laughs> kind words. Yeah. Uh, just hearing you share that, it's always interesting to hear someone share what you've been doing. And you'll find me on the other side. I'm just <laughs> nodding furiously. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. So thank <laughs> you so it. much for having me here. For sure. Yes. So how I like to start even just with introducing myself is I'm a very proud black woman. I love, I love, right? same. <laughs> I'm a Taurus sun in a Sagittarius moon Amazing. and rising. I am, I was raised in the Midwest, but I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was born here. So it's a combination of cultures of Midwestern and Southerness. I absolutely love the game Monopoly. Like it's my favorite game, hands down. If anybody offers to play, I'm the hat, let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, I love it. My favorite season is springtime for sure. And I love just being femme and having feminine time from perfumes to girly moments. That's me. I love that for you. That's not me, but I love that for you. That's okay. You know, we all have our things. (laughs) Yes. But I shared that, Ash, really specifically because part of my burnout recovery is making sure I don't introduce myself with my professional or helper titles. Can you tell me why? Yeah. It's a self-reminder that I'm more than what I do. That's so beautiful. It, I'm more than that. Yeah. I'm more than what I produce, what I create, who I am as a professional. And if my professional title were to be eliminated tomorrow, that's okay. Because I have a whole identity outside of that. And trust me, we're going to dive into why this is essential. Literally, I mean, we could just stop now. That was awesome. I'm like, I've learned so much. Thank you. Wow. I, free therapy, guys. Free therapy. <laughs> so much. And so much of the experience of burnout, especially for creators, sometimes is this over-identification with what we do. Yeah. I can't tell you. I mean, this is the norm, actually, in a lot of parts of our society. But as soon as you introduce yourself, as soon as you say the titles that you have, it's like that's the end. Like, hey, I'm Michelle Goodlow. I'm a social worker. And yeah. it's like, 
is that all? No, there's way more to what I am. And I challenge myself in these different spaces to think of the other parts of who I am, just to make sure. Again, it's a self-reminder for me because I'm in recovery myself. And the question you asked about, like, how did I even get into this? Because I suffered through it and had been suffering through it for a long time, for a good chunk of my adulthood. My recovery process is still new. I feel like I'm still in the beginning stages of it. I started as a social worker, actually the social justice and public health issue that led me to social work was domestic violence and intimate partner violence. I learned that not only could I volunteer to help with this movement, but I could do something professionally. And that was my course um, in grad school and becoming a social worker. It was my internship. My very first job uh, as a social worker was being a children's counselor at a domestic violence agency in North Chicago. And this position changed my life. I never felt like I belonged somewhere more professionally. I felt very aligned and attuned with what I was doing. I was incredibly and still am incredibly passionate about the work that I was doing. And I was introduced to professional burnout. I came to work early, listen, came to work early. I stayed late. I skipped lunch. I did not have a concept of boundaries. And again, not because even I was pressured, and we can definitely talk about this. I had like that pressure to work or it's because I loved what I was doing, but I felt guilty for resting from it. I had unrealistic expectations for myself as a social worker. I thought I could tackle this big, gigantic public health, criminal justice, social justice issue that is intimate partner violence with my one role as a children's counselor. And so I, within the first six months of this particular position, I was actually completely burned out. I was perpetually sick. I mean, a constant cold going, constant coughing, sneezing unwell. I also had gained weight because I wasn't eating nourishing foods. I wasn't hydrating myself enough. I was living in Chicago at the time, so I did not have a car. I was rushing from train to bus, eating fast food in between, barely getting any sleep. And I didn't even have a real concept of a personal life. God bless my friends who were there and are still there today. But I know they were tired of me talking about work. It's all I could talk about. And I would take it home with me and talk about it some more and try and come up with this and do that and advocate here. My whole world was this particular position. And so it actually, it wasn't me that decided to interrupt this cycle of burnout. It was actually one of my child clients. Wow. Yeah. I was how? in an like individual. <laughs> I, I, I think about this often and I always get the chill bumps even thinking about it because I was having an individual session with this child. And again, at this time in my life, I didn't have a good concept of self-awareness even. So I didn't realize how I was showing up with this kiddo. And I remember this child looking at me, we were like drawing, doing some art in our work together looking this child looked at me and said, Miss Michelle, are you okay? <laughs> panic, sheer panic. And not, and the panic was, oh my gosh, what does this child think is wrong with me? What, what's going on? They were worried about me because how I was showing up was sick. Again, perpetual cold, never taking a day off. God forbid you take a day off and take care of yourself. Yeah. 
but I was looking unwell, deep bags under my eyes. I was coughing, trying to hold in the cough. You know, when you're trying to hold it in. Yeah, especially okay. a year and a half ago when you were not allowed to cough at all. Right? <laughs> what you won't right? do is cough. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I did not look well and I was very tired, but I thought I could hide all of that with a yeah. smile. No, especially not kids. No, oh, no. Kids yeah. are going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> But instead of me even just letting that moment be a self-awareness moment, I felt incredibly guilty. Oh, look at me. Now I'm a distraction to this child's healing process. So it's when it comes to understanding how burnout is impacting your life, to building that self-awareness, it is truly a journey because guilt and shame show up a lot in this particular process. But that was the aha moment for me that, oh my gosh, I need to do something. Wow. That's so amazing, like that you were able to take such a painful situation and and really just let it change your life for the better, you know? Um, Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of creators relate to that. I mean, as a creator myself, I see myself in that story where I love what I do. I love, you know, the social media side of everything. I love that I get to work with clients. I get to work with micro influencers. And I can genuinely, like genuinely work 12 hours a day and not even think about it. Cause I just love what I do. And I'm like, it's not because I have to, it's not because not even really sometimes there's like not this deadline or it's this fake deadline that I made up. I'm like, I'm in charge. What deadline? Like, mm-hmm. you know? And so life will make you slow down. And it is, it is a terrifying moment when you like look yourself in the mirror and you're like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't recognize that person, how that person is responding to things, how this person looks, how this person is sleeping. It's, it's crazy. And so. I just want to hear all the things on how we can prevent getting to that place. But I really wanted yeah. to say like, thank you so much for sharing that story because it's so freeing to know that you're not alone <laughs> and yeah. people that are saving the world go through this too, you know? And I think sometimes yes. as being creators, it's such a, you know, fun, um, trendy thing to do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two sides of that. I want to do a really good job of educating people on that work because I feel like everyone's trying to be an influencer now. And if that's not your calling, it's just like an unnecessary burnout, I feel like. So it's like, how do you help people find their purpose um, and also like prevent burnout if they decide that this is what they're supposed to do with their lives? Definitely. I I want to even kind of, I love definitions of things, especially for these trendy terms that yes. are, are out and around. So how I view burnout really simply, it's a disconnection from your humanness. Mm. Okay. Explain that. Yeah. So when we're in a state of burnout, oftentimes our bodies, our minds, our spirits have been in overdrive. Mm. And burnout is very different than feeling tired. I really like breaking down this example. Okay. When we feel tired, it is actually biologically, and I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but I'm not. <laughs> you know, listen. biologically, it is just a reminder a warning sign, a hint that our bodies are needing rest. That's all that being tired means. When we feel a little sleepy, a little drowsy, feel a little worn down, it's our body communicating to us. It's time to rest. Let's get it in somewhere. Let's make sure to plan it out. (laughs) But hey, we want to let you know that it's time to rest. Now, feeling tired has actually gotten a rebrand. Let's throw some things out there. Because of white supremacy, because of capitalism, a lot of us feel bad for feeling tired, True. right? True. And that's where we see the extra caffeine boosts and the extra cup of coffee or yeah. right extra stimulants to prevent this very natural human feeling. 
That's right? so true. That I mean, honestly, it's, it, it's so true. I've been in this healing journey. I like to call it a, mm-hmm. my burnout. I feel like I'm, I'm still in it in, in many ways. And that's like an entire other story. But I'm like, you realize that you find yourself apologizing for being tired all the time, like going out, like talking to your friends, talking to your partner, whatever. It's just like everything is so much work and you feel like no one understands that. You're like, I am not playing right now. I just cannot with life. It's hard. It's hard. But yeah, I mean, everything in society is telling you like push, push, push. I mean, that's also why I love social media, but I also hate it because we have this this uh space where we are constantly telling people to do more do more do more be more be more be more you're not doing enough you have a million in the bank you're failing you only have two million in the bank you're failing like you only have a hundred thousand followers you suck you have a hundred followers don't even try like it's just constantly going and no one's promoting authentic rest and so i love that you said that yeah that's and again it's there's a lot of systems and a lot of oppressive things that have been a part of that experience. Mm. And so many of us can relate. So instead of us recognizing that feeling tired is just a natural cue to rest, we push through it. And how we get to burnout is we are repeatedly pushing through these signs of tiredness Mm. and instead replacing it with overextending, overworking, overachieving. And And this is a pattern. It's hard to feel like burnout like immediately, like overnight, but after a while, after continuously having a habit of pushing through tiredness is where we get to burnout. And I've heard people be in like autopilot mode, like not even connecting, hearing your body when it's communicating with you. Yes, that is definitely part of that extreme tiredness and exhaustion that comes with burnout. It's crazy. It's just crazy how fine the line is, I think. Even for me, I probably won't know this ever, but how long did I go? You know, I think about how long was I actually burnt out before mm-hmm. it just destroyed me. Yeah. Because I've been going for years, just like I enjoy it, whatever. And I feel like a lot of creators relate to that. It's like the constant need to perform. Mm-hmm. That's our mm-hmm. jobs. Like y- you, you must perform. <laughs> so it's like, how do you combat that perfectionism, overachieving? Um, Mm -hmm. nature that we have and also not burn out, but also like do well. Yeah. It's, it's tricky (laughs) because there isn't for a lot of us, especially creators, there isn't a, like a finalized goalpost. Yeah. It's like being an athlete, right? Kind of like you win one, you want to keep winning. It's like, whatever, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. When's your next win? Yeah. Right. I have a lot of, when I, I do a lot of self-care workshops okay. with different professionals from helping professionals to folks in the entertainment world to corporate. Mm-hmm. And all of us have this in common, that feeling of enoughness mm-hmm. sometimes feels really distant. Yeah. And so part of, cause there's so many wonderful parts, <laughs> part of the burnout recovery process. Yeah. Okay. Somebody get ready. <laughs> is starting to develop and create your own version of enough. So like contentment, like I come from like the spiritual world. I'm an ex-master's mm-hmm. kid. And, you know, we're, we're often taught about like learning how to be content. And my entire life, even before I knew I was going to do this, I just, what does that even mean? You know? Mm-hmm. And so for me currently today, it has evolved into this, am I content with who I am as a person? Not necessarily, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be, content, I think, with what I do. I think I'm always going to want to do more. Contentment and work is just appreciation for what I've done today, how little or big that is, like the small wins for today. 
and then contentment with who my who I am as a person is like, am I changing for the better or am I changing for the worse? You sure. know, and having those conversations with yourself and people that you trust. Um, but yeah, c- contentment is such a a difficult word for me personally because I'm like. I don't want to settle. And I feel like that's the culture too. Like don't settle in love. Don't settle in work. You can, you got to do what makes you happy. And it's like, yes, but like what? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's deeply personal and very much an individual experience. And again, just my own experience, I'm still discovering this because as just for my role as a social worker and then getting into social media as part of my businesses, I was constantly working. Yeah. And didn't even call it work. Same. Right? We call it creating. I know. We do. It's like, I'm just you know working on things. <laughs> I would wake up in the morning, literally, and just pull my phone out and get to going. Yep. Me and Canva have too close of a relationship. <laughs> I'm creating posts, covers. Yeah. I'm managing photos. and But it was exciting and fun. Yeah. And that's, that's the really fine line is for, so one thing, again, there's lots of aspects of burnout recovery, tons. So I don't want to overwhelm anybody who's hearing this. Yeah. I just want you to notice what's connecting with you and go with that. Yeah. But you have to have a boundary between your work and the rest of your life. Yeah. And when I say work and boundaries, a boundary is a limit or an expectation that helps protect something that's important to you. So when we have boundaries are like the lifeline to the recovery process here for burnout. And it's so tough, especially for creators, because it feels like what you do creatively is your life, right? Yeah. So again, it's, it's deeply personal and it's supposed to be, this is your life. Yeah. You want to think about what are the differences between when I'm not working and when I'm working. Okay. Right. Am I working constantly all the time? I wake up and I fall asleep working. Okay. It sounds like there could be some boundaries there. Who are you outside of what you do? Mm. Coming back to even my own intro. Again, I ain't going to share nothing that I haven't done myself. (laughs) Okay. I love it. I love love journaling too. So I strongly recommend this as a space to really process and reflect. Take a minute to truly describe yourself without saying anything that has to do with what earns you money, with what helps with your income. Okay. Right? I want you to think of your favorite things. This is for my folks who, who, let me lean in. These are for my folks who are struggling with a place to start. I see you. You are a part of this conversation, <laughs> yes, okay? Yes. We end this together. Yes. I want you to think about your favorite things. Okay. What are your hobbies? If you don't have a hobby, what would you like to be your hobby? That's so crazy. I know. Someone asked me that. I'm like, totally put myself on blast. I forgot who asked me this recently. Like, what's your hobby? And I'm like, like, I know what my hobby was like three years ago, mm-hmm. you know, hey. I'm like, I like museums. It's just also like, is that really your hobby? Like, what's your hobby? Okay. You know, look at that and see that now I'm going to just notice my, <laughs> my therapist side kicking in. What you'll notice on the burnout recovery process is this, this little thing called self-criticism. Mm. And again, there's so many parts and aspects to this. But there's this like negative self-talk that sometimes lives within us and keeps us going in that autopilot mode. Yeah. And so big, 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 big part of recovering from burnout and preventing it is just noticing the self-awareness. Okay. Because there's something that keeps fueling us to do all the overs, overworking, yeah. overachieving. I know for me, it is negative self-talk yeah. that I'm supposed to be doing more, that I'm not doing enough, that I need to keep doing and keep earning. Totally. 
And so it's about making peace with that voice okay. that I'm sure it got you to a really successful place, but now I actually need you to rest too. Yeah. What about like comparison? I feel like there's that mm -hmm. self-negative talk and then also like social media, it, mm -hmm. it's the land of comparison. It doesn't matter how self-secure you are, you compare. <laughs> so how do you combat that? Yeah, the comparison's also tricky. And it, it, I ditto to everything you said. And so I, how I view comparison, and it comes up a lot, comparison is unfair. Mm. I get a snapshot at what that person's going through. And they have decided to share this information with me, right? Yeah. That's what social media is a lot of times. Very curated yep. shares. So true. So, so true. How, it's so unfair to them and it's unfair to me to use any of that information to compare. Yeah. It's just not true. It's not fair. Yeah. I'm basing this on something that has been very carefully curated. So my, the easiest way, I'm gonna put it out there. Go on and mute that account. <laughs> exactly, that's what I do. I'm like, mute it. if anyone's making me feel kind, any kind of way, that's <gasps> not, you better go keep crushing it. Because I do, I genuinely think I'm one of those weird people that get so excited, like watching someone else went online. My friend walked on me one day, I'm like in tears. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, this girl just freaking crushed it. Like, <laughs> like I don't know her, but it's so cool. Um, yeah. But there are certain people that just rub me wrong. And I'm like, yeah. why do I feel like you're 24 years old and you're a billionaire? Like, what? Yeah. I am 32. What? Why? Yeah. Why have I not figured that out yet? But it's your journey, you know? And I feel like mm -hmm. that's such a vague concept that we're all trying to figure out. But I think it's such an important thing that I wish we learned in school. I'm like, mm -hmm. all of this education that I've got mm -hmm. has taught mm -hmm. me nothing about living. You know, yes. <laughs> I'm like, yes. I've learned nothing about being a real adult outside of, you know, going through the seasons of life. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I, I wish I knew what I know now a year ago. Mm -hmm. you now it's like, mm -hmm. I think for creators, especially when you're winning and especially when you feel like you're losing, you forget that there's there's hills and valleys, you know, to everything. And I know this. It's like we we know this, but we forget it. So what are some tips or some strategies that actually I can use selfishly and our community can use when you're on the mountaintop? You know, like when you're doing really well, I have this fear of it's it's going to drop soon. It's going to drop mm -hmm. soon. And I feel that way, honestly, for like six months. And then I get yeah. comfortable. And yeah. then maybe it goes years where it's great. And then boom, like life just happens. And like now you're back to the earth and you're like, I'm never getting out of this ditch. Mm. So how how do I, I guess, mm -hmm. self-regulate better? Definitely. So I think I've worked with quite a few folks who are creators and who are in the entertainment industry specifically. And what I've shared to help cope with that is we can expect peaks and valleys. Mm. It is actually a very natural part, like part of this industry. Yeah. Honestly, all industries and stages <laughs> of life. <laughs> but let's hone in. It's actually very natural. You can expect highs and expect to enjoy those highs and live in those highs. You can also expect lows. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you are doing anything badly or that you are failing. It's a natural part of this experience. So the, what I have recommended to folks is to accept that, okay. just to learn to accept that, not to plan for it or to catastrophize in that sense, yeah. but to know that it's going to happen. Yeah. And that we can have strategies for each. How can you make sure that when you are having a peak, that you're celebrating yourself, mm. that you're enjoying it, that you're noticing what's going well and being present there. And then when there's a valley that happens, okay, how is this going to impact my day to day? Yeah. What's going to look differently financially, you know, regularly? 
What's going to look different in my relationships? Okay, how can I coordinate for when that happens? And then again, coming back to self-awareness, how do you know when a peak is happening? How do you know when a valley is happening? Because it's going to happen, but we don't have to catastrophize it or think it's going to be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. We can instead coordinate around it. I love that so much. Okay. So in that, I mean, that has Mm -hmm. a lot to do with perfectionism, right? And I feel like Mm -hmm. every creator, I think you start out so excited and, you know, I work with a lot of micro creators that are just like, I'm going to crush it. I'm going to make, mm. you know, whatever I, I like, whatever the goal is, a hundred followers, a thousand followers, $10,000. And you slowly start giving up because you don't see those goals being achieved. So yeah. what do you say to that person that feels like this is who they are? This is the path that they want to take professionally and creatively. Mm-hmm. How do I acknowledge those feelings of failure, but also use them to like push me forward? Mm-hmm. Intentionality is going to be key there. And again, it's, you want to also notice what's within your control. Yeah. We can't force people to follow us. True. You know, yeah. we, that's not part of this experience, but instead, what is the intention behind it? And I love talking about this, even from a branding perspective and, and having those very particular goals, it's important to have goals, but you also want to revisit your goals if it's not working. Yeah. Not to, and again, that self-criticism can come in, that negative self-talk. Oh, I'm not doing enough. Clearly what I'm doing is not, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Wait, pause that voice. Yeah. And if this is a part of your career, let's think about it strategically. Okay, if this month I had an increase in followers and this month I didn't have an increase, let's look at the content that I put out there. Mm. What's going on in terms of trends? Exactly. And let's make friends with the analytics, okay? Thank not you. to mention the algorithm is constantly changing. <laughs> yes. <Thank you. laughs> That's right. Oh my God. <laughs> That's right. Let's look at this strategically. Yeah. And also what season is it? I mean, there's so many questions I, I ask myself and yeah. answer myself. Like for the summer months, in terms of mental health, I've noticed that a lot of folks are feeling a lot better about their mental health in the summer. Sun's out. Guns out. Right? The sun's yeah. out. Yeah. There are a lot more opportunities to take care of your mental health and physical health when the weather is nice. Yeah. But watch when the weather changes. I've had to study this myself. And again, coming back to the peaks and valleys, right? Yeah. If I see valleys in any parts of my mental health business, I look at what's going on around me. Mm. And this, I want to remember this. This is not something I came up with. I want to remember, I, when I think of the author that I read this from, I'm going to share it. Okay. But part of healing your relationship with perfectionism is remembering it's not all about you. Mm. Okay. Dr. Kristen Neff, her book, look, look, let me look at my library. (laughs) Get your library. Uh Uh-huh. The book is self-compassion. Oh, very good. And you can easily Google it. Dr. Kristen Neff. That was one of the components of her book, looking at self-compassion is making sure we're recognizing, because we can feel very isolating when you're trying to be flaw free. Yeah. But we want to kind of take a step back to look at the environment around us. And I strongly recommend that for creators and influencers of any level. Before we jump into that self, that negative self-talk train, I just want you to take a step back first and go, okay, what's going on around me? What's going on with the trends? Is the algorithm changing again? I could have the same awesome content, but if the algorithm changes, that can have an impact on my followers and my influence. What is trendy? What's because ha- right now I'm gonna be honest with you. I had to take a break from Instagram. I get it. So did I. I didn't go to school in Instagram. <laughs> Nobody did. <Mm-mm. laughs> 
not a school I yet. <laughs> this is not when I was educated. So I, I actually have to be very patient with my process of learning social media, marketing, branding, influencer life. Yeah. This isn't something I'm, I have a specialty in. I'm going to make mistakes. There's stuff I haven't learned, but there's also stuff that's constantly changing. Yep. So it's okay. I literally will tell myself, girl, it's okay. You don't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. It's okay. It's not working. And like, that's the thing is, yeah. I love it. You said that. I, I also forget, like, it's changing. So life is just changing so much. It's just crazy. Like constant flow of life is happening around you that you don't mm-hmm. even realize until you st- like take a moment and just stop, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, social media is changing faster than like, the speed of light threads like come on like 100 million users is that we're at right now it's like something ridiculous yeah so it's impossible to keep up with literal supercomputers that's like that's what you're battling Mm -hmm. against it's not Mm -hmm. other people it's not even like getting followers it's like you are going to make these systems these lines of code your best friend and it's also going to be your worst enemy some days Mm -hmm. and that's just it is what it is you know and i think what i try to teach is I hate to see where we're constantly just blaming the algorithm for why we're not where we're supposed to be, um, because I think that's an easy cop out sometimes. Mm-hmm. It is changing. But what can I do to be happy with what I'm doing right now, although it's changing? You know, so it's like I'm not saying that you're never going to grow because of the algorithm. You're going to grow. You just have to be consistent. And I think it's just the society that we live in that social media feeds where we expect like success overnight. We expect things to change overnight. I'm like, I am constantly yeah. at war with myself on that. And I know this, that it was just in everything in life and social media. And I'm like, things don't change overnight. And then one day it feels like it does. Mm-hmm. And that day will come <laughs> and you'll yeah. probably have a completely different experience than you expected. And it yeah. will be a beautiful moment. So yeah, I, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. It, it's so cool to see someone as amazing as you are, you're such a badass, like just share all this knowledge. And I'm like, I hope everyone hears this because I, I yes. honestly, you've changed my life so far. It, it's oh, awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. It's, I, it's so good. I'm a work in progress here. Yeah. I mean, fully. And, yeah. and I'm very proud to say that. Yeah. And if you are consistently in a state of practice, you can't fail. So true. So true. Mm-hmm. So true. So I'm, I'm practicing. I'm learning. Yeah. We're doing the things. We're doing the things. And I mean, and even having naps. like a better, what I try, what I'm honestly like on my journey of trying to do is having a better relationship with failure. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really know what that means to me yet, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I don't know if that resonates with you or if something that you can speak on, but like yeah. having, it's a part of life. It's also necessary. And I think sometimes it's hard to understand why it's necessary. So mm-hmm. how can creators have a better relationship with failure? You're failing every day if you're doing it right. Um, and really use that energy to live a better life, live a, a life that's filled with peace, clarity, and wealth. Yeah. It, again, I love a definition. So it's important to think about what does failure mean to you? Mm. For me, failure means I didn't live up to the expectations I had for myself. So good. You know? Yeah. So, and I am, I'm in recovery from a couple things, but (laughs) in addition to burnout, also perfectionism. So I have to, for me, I revisit what were the expectations again? Mm. Were those realistic expectations? Yeah. And again, part of my own process is really 
trying to set realistic expectations for myself. If the expectations were realistic, man, this disappointment sucks. Yeah. And practicing, and I've done this with my own therapist, is practicing sitting in that feeling of disappointment. It is one of the toughest ones for us. Yeah. But it means that you cared about something and mm. it just didn't go the way you expected. That's so good. You know? I've been I doing this for a while, Ash. <laughs> like These feelings, I, I tell it. you. I'm like, I could listen to you all day. This is so yes. good. This is this is literally what I needed to hear. So thank you so much for that. Of I mean, course. that's so beautiful. Like it really is number one, defining what it means to you. Like, I love that you stopped to, and, and said that because it just puts it so plainly. It's my own expectations. And so I think where I struggle and I think maybe other creators struggle is defining realistic expectations because mm -hmm. I know I'm human, but I know that I, I, I will just push through and, you know, act crazy <laughs> to get something done. So it's like, I don't even know sometimes, like what what is the difference between you know, a very solid expectation of myself and something that, what are you, what are you doing? Are you on crack? Like this is never going to yeah. happen. It's again, the creative space is a creative one. It, yeah. it is necessary to think outside the box to be successful. Okay. So when we come back to even just thinking about burnout, you want to think about getting closer to your dreams, but not sacrificing your health to do it. Mm. And again, capitalism don't like that. No. <laughs> mm -mm. White supremacy doesn't like that either. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I literally had a conversation with someone I'm very close to. And it's, uh, this conversation is so timely for this conversation that we're having. Oh my gosh. Because I'm a parent. I have an almost two-year-old son. That's amazing. Thank you. He's awesome. And I, this person that I was talking to literally shared with me, yeah, I want to see you be exhausted. That means you did everything you could. What? And I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I need you to what response you'll get. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, there, there's a deep rooted uh, systemic issue yeah. that exhaustion means you worked really hard and yeah. well and you're doing great. Yep. And man, are we trying our best to interrupt that cycle? Oh, totally. Be from right? black people, women, all kinds of minorities. Like basically everybody needs to understand that life is different now. We're not going yeah. back. We're going forward. We're and going nobody forward. is doing what they did hundreds and thousands of years ago. Exactly. That mentality needs to go out the door. Exactly. <laughs> no. Exactly. It's very hurtful. I mean, literally and physically yeah. for a number of reasons. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I share that. We do not have long enough to talk about that. It's, it's so true though. And I think yeah. you just forget I do until I have conversations like this, you're just like, whoa, like how we are groomed as children to act this way. And it's That's not right. even our parents' fault, you know, like they mm -hmm. were also groomed mm -hmm. to act this way. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, I'm terrified to have children because I'm like, the world that they will live in mm -hmm. is so different than the world that I grew up in and am now an adult in. It's mm -hmm. insane, you mm -hmm. know? And so I, I really do feel like I, I hope that there's more education on how to live this life online <laughs> more in, in a healthy manner. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it could just rob you of living, you know, and, and really appreciating why you were creator in the first place, you know? And I think that for me is like my push pause moment where I, I, if I'm so overwhelmed that I forget why I'm doing it in the first place and it doesn't put a smile on my face and like, you need to go take a walk. You need to take the mm -hmm. day off, go see a movie. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Go walk your dog. <laughs> you know? But that's, yeah. but that's so powerful, Ash. Like literally that. Yeah. It's just recognizing when you're overdoing it yeah. and interrupting that pattern. To get to the recovery process, we have to interrupt a lot of habits that got us here and replace them with healthy ones. And it's totally possible. It's just really hard to do in this current space. <laughs> it's just impossible, but like you can totally do it. Okay, okay. Listen. So I, I've stalked you on social media. I've stalked your website. You talk a lot about journaling. Yeah. Okay, so as a person that doesn't do journaling well, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I have a million and five notes on my phone. Like, so I, yes. I guess technically I journal, but like I don't like, dear diary today. Like, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I have these thoughts and I like take notes. How do I journal so that it's productive to my mental health and like helps me not burn out and get rid of yeah. my perfectionism issues? Well, first of all, it sounds like you're journaling in an amazing way. Okay, cool. <laughs> the the idea of journaling is way expanded on okay. my side of the internet. Okay. Because scribbling notes in your phone is journaling to me. Tight. <laughs> Talking out loud while you're driving is oh journaling God. to me. I look insane. I am in full conversations with myself walking. I'm like, I do not care. I got a lot yes. to say. <laughs> yes. And it, if you want to add, just record what you're saying, that's mm. also fine too. In a voice memo, yeah, that's journaling. It's more than just actually sitting focused with the beautiful sky and a wonderful aesthetic and your perfect journal and pen. Yes. No, we're, we're in the process of reflecting and processing. And if you can record that, that's great too. Okay. That's journaling in my book. Okay. So journaling in an effective way is really a practice. And I've created all kinds of tools to help folks do that. I have online journaling challenges that are five days. I have full guided journals. You can find all those goodies, shameless plug, on gmichelle.com. Literally, go there. I'm going to go there. Yes. Yes. But, But I'll start with this. My favorite journaling prompt that was really significant for my recovery process is literally just asking myself, how am I doing? That was the journaling prompt. Michelle, how are you doing today? So pause for a second because yeah. I don't, is it my brain or is it just like, I'm not healed enough? But when you say, how are you doing? Even when people ask me that, depending on the day, I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, yeah. like, what does that mean? You know, so is it That's... like the erraticness of that question? Yeah. So, so I have a feeling, I'm going to make an assumption. You're not going to write down or process out loud that you're doing fine. Because mm. that's what we tell other people. Right. So true. The, right. <laughs> when it comes to journaling, it's just you. Yeah. So you can be as free as you want to be with that question. And here's what's significant. This is where the mental health part comes in. You want to be free. You want to just get it out. The goal here is to release it from your body. So if you're having a shitty day, feel free to write down you're having a shitty day and explain why. Okay. If your day is amazing, why is it amazing? What's happening that's making it amazing? If you're not sure, why aren't you sure? You just want to have that kind of moment of reflection with yourself. Because the process of journaling, to me, the process of journaling is so important because we want to build our self-awareness. Because again, coming back to those definitions, the disconnection from our humanness is what burnout really is. So we want to reconnect with ourselves. We want to reconnect. So ask yourself how you're doing and be honest. Make okay. some mistakes. Have some misspellings. Yes. Maybe you don't know what to say at first. That's okay. Literally all day. All day. Right? What is that word? I couldn't tell you. That's okay. It, listen, I have journals all scattered around my office and it doesn't matter. Like I just write down the date because I like to keep track of the dates. I ask this question to myself and all kinds of stuff comes out. 
and I allow it to come out. And I give myself a little space and time because my almost two-year-old don't really, he don't be feeling it yeah, that much. Yeah, yeah. So no, sometimes no, no. I'll use my phone. <laughs> okay. Do you and go it, back and, and read them? Like, what, like outside of the purpose of getting it out, then what? Do you just burn it? Like, where does it go? Yeah. yeah. I just keep it in my journal. I like the process of just writing, recording, and then moving forward. I don't mm. usually go back and look at it unless I need to reference something for myself. Like, how did I get through that crisis? Let me go back to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That is the only time I've okay. ever gone back and looked is okay. like, okay, I know I've survived this before. Mm. Let me see what I did. How was I doing back then? What did I do? You, oh, and that's so where it good. becomes helpful. This is so good. I'm literally, yeah. I'm going to use my journal. I have 500 Yay. of them. I'm going to use one of them. <laughs> it's so helpful. I, I love this. Yay. That's so good. Okay. 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 I mean, honestly, if you're listening, so much value. Yes. Like your mind is probably blown because mine is right now. Okay, so before I let you go, how, if you know you're in a burnout, and I know there's like so many layers to this, but like, how do you recover from it? What are the key steps to that recovery process? Mm -hmm. The first key step is just knowing that it's happening. Okay. Burnout can feel like a complete fog that you get lost in. So you just want to start noticing what that exhaustion looks and feels like. I can even go back to the beginning of our conversation, tiredness. Yeah. Tiredness is just a natural cue that it's time to rest. Before you go for that next cup of coffee, before you push through and work an extra hour, I just want you to notice when you're feeling tired and do something about it. You don't have to go immediately to sleep. Yeah. That's ideal, but you don't have to. <laughs> but what if you just took a break from sending that next email? What if instead of just pushing forward to work a little extra, you decide to end work on time? Mm. Burnout recovery is just about interrupting the habits that got us to that burnout place. Notice when you're feeling tired and interrupt overextending. And again, that in itself is enough work, okay? That in itself is a lot. <laughs> okay. But you want to notice, and then you want to add on to that. You want to add on to that. And then the next piece of that could be building some boundaries between your professional life and the rest of your life, right? So what boundaries need to be in place so that I know the difference between me working and me living the rest of my life, right? And then practice that. This is a series of practices. So self-awareness to help interrupt those habits, then you've got to practice interrupting those habits. Again, a lot of us were born into this super fast yeah. overworking life. Yeah. This may take a while. And again, you're not alone because I'm right there with you. <laughs> and it's okay that it takes a while, I think, and it's okay. is my takeaway from this. Like, yeah. it's okay. You're not just going to wake up and be better one day or like, I'm healed. And then like tomorrow, I'm like, damn it, I'm not healed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, man. That, that's right. And, that, and that's okay. And that's, yeah. that's why I've started viewing it as a recovery process. Mm. It's very similar to other recovery processes because yeah. we can have, so to speak, relapses. Totally. Totally. Right? And that's part of the process. We are trying our best to undo this thing that the entire world is telling us we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. That sounds insane when you say it like that, but so true. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Last professional question. Yeah. Since being a creator involves being on your phone, being on social media, how do you get really honest with yourself about boundaries, about using social media. Yes. Uh, this is the best <laughs> this question is for me ever. Because I'm constantly just like, I'm working. I'm just working. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Are you? Do you need to? 
I'm going to sound like a broken record. I love it. But I want you to just notice how often you're using that social media for <sighs> personal and professional usage. Yeah. Just notice how often and then how, okay, therapist question here, but how do you feel seeing how often you're using it? Yeah. And what do you think after just seeing all the numbers? And I know when, when our phone, when our devices collect that data, we feel some type of way. I get yeah. mine every Sunday. Yeah, I'm like, I'm muting that. I don't need to, I don't need to see that. I don't need you to tell me. I was there. (laughs) Thank you, but no thank you. And if you can, create your own boundary around that. Mm. If you're using your phone most of the time, right, to do certain work, is there a way for you to break that up a little bit? Like, can some of the work be done on a different device? Oh, possibly. Yeah. Right? And again, what are the boundaries? What are the boundaries? Right? So say that you are working from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., right? But ideally, you kind of want to work maybe 8 a.m. to about 6.30. Can we adjust what you're doing during the day to honor those boundaries so that you're not working as soon as you wake up or until you fall asleep? A a great buffer for a lot of creators I'd love to share. Is there a way for you to just take care of yourself within the first hour that you wake up and the last hour before you go to bed? Yep. Is there a way? I yes. don't know. You decide. There is. It's your process. You just got to like stick to it. I mean, for me, it's, I've been trying. I have not yeah. been good at it at all, but not getting on my phone as soon as I get up. Yep. That's the hardest Why is habit. that so hard? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm an addict. That's why. Yeah. yeah. I did it like twice this week. I was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> this yeah. morning, I'm like, email. <laughs> I'm like, come on. It's so, it's, it's so hard. It's so like, challenging. I have to not think about it. Yeah. I will leave you with this. I hope this resonates with folks. When it comes to remembering your boundaries and why you even set them in the first place, it's because you said yes to something. Mm. Therefore, you have to say no to this. I kid you not. This morning, this morning, I have the exact same habit, Ash. I will pick up that phone and check all the things. All of it. I'm like, I will. (laughs) Email, text, everything. But I've noticed that I don't have enough time for just myself before my son wakes up. When I take that time, because the time gets away from me, I have to work on my time management. It'll go from five minutes to 10 to 15. Time that I could be spending doing something that helps pour into myself before I pour into my family. So I've been challenging myself with that same phrase. Okay, I have to not be on my phone as soon as I wake up because I've said yes to taking care of myself. Literally, mic drop. Get out of here. Come on. You're so cool. It works. And then you just have to practice. And if we're practicing, we are not failing. It's not possible. You bring it it all home. Literally, everybody go to Michelle Church. It's great. This is Michelle Church. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It's so good. Thank you so much. I'm obsessed with you. Like, shameless plug one more time. Where can we connect with you on Instagram? What, like, all the things. What are you offering that can help creators right now as they're listening to this? So many things. First of all, y'all can follow me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest at the G Michelle, and it's with two L's. You guys, I have so many different resources to talk about and work through a lot of the things we've talked about today. I have guided journals. All of them are on amazon.com. I also have journaling challenges. I know sometimes it can feel really intimidating to start a journaling experience. So I have five-day online challenges. You get one prompt in your email over the course of five days. And you can reflect on that one question and then move on with your day. 
it's a great way to start your journaling practice. I have one on perfectionism. I have one on interrupting burnout causing habits. You can find all of these things on gmichelle.com. Trust me, you know, just like our conversation today, I'm gonna walk you through it. All right. I love it's it. A I love it. I love it. I need a challenge. Yes. There Seriously. we go. Honestly, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing yeah. your experience, number one, and your, you know, just insights professionally, number two. You are such an incredible human, and I'm so glad we connected. And I know this is going to help so many people. So I appreciate you. Our community appreciates you. And we have to talk again. We I'm have obsessed. to. Thank you, Ash. Thank you <laughs> thank so much. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you so much for tuning into the Burnt Creator podcast today. I hope that you have an amazing week. And I'll catch you next time. Be well.